gentlemen, welcome to the 10th episode of the three-part podcast. I'm your host, Devin Wright. Today, we're going to be talking about Orlando Magic Basketball. When it comes to their play in the season so far, their matchup against the Los Angeles Lakers, and some great basketball questions when it comes to Orlando, just sprinkled in between. But before we start this podcast, I'd like to start with an apology. When it comes to this conversation with Philip Reach, and as far as my audio, it sounds subpar. When it comes to this recording, I did not have the necessary audio equipment to record it the way I would like to. But nevertheless, we got a great conversation about Orlando Magic Basketball with our friend down in Orlando, who is actually a site editor for the Orlando Magic Daily and the host of the Locked On Magic podcast. So without further ado, let's throw it up to our buddy Philip and see what he had to say. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank uh, Philip for just taking your time out and just coming on our pod, man. Philip, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, before we start the podcast, really just want to just get to know you for a little bit. I got some few questions for you. Is that all right? That's fine. That's what I'm here for. All right. Uh, we're going to start off with how long have you been an editor for the Orlando Magic Daily? Oof. Well, I started, uh, I started with Orlando Magic Daily as a writer in 2009, and I kind of took over the site completely in, in 20. 2011 or 2012 I want to say so it's 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 been quite a bit of time I've been I've been running this site for for a, a long time now I've been through a lot of a lot of ups a lot of downs with this magic team I got you I got you and as far as being a podcaster for the lock the lockdown magic podcast how long have you been over there this is my fourth season uh fourth full season uh podcasting uh doing lockdown magic all right, and as far as watching basketball, Philip, this is a good one for you. How long have you been watching basketball? Oh man, all my life. I mean, I uh, just as a more background on me, you know, I, I w- went to Magic games as a kid. You know, during the Shaq and Penny days, I was co- a constant presence in the arena. I guess uh, during the T Mac era, so I've been I've been watching basketball. You know, pretty much, pretty. I was pretty much holding a basketball as, as early as as I could, and I've been watching basketball pretty much my my entire life. Now you just go back to uh, just to go back to what you said about watching Shaq and Penny as a child, and just having a basketball in your hand. Uh, what made you want to start watching basketball? Uh, you know, I, I I really can't say. I mean, honestly, I just always remember watching and and following the Magic. I mean, my first grade show and tell, and this kind of was a preview to what I was going to do. You know, almost for a living here. My first grade show and tell would be me recapping what happened with the Magic the previous week. Um, I would I would keep everyone informed on what was going on with the team, and um, you know, it's just it's just always been something that I've done. Whether it's you know playing a little bit, you know, not well, but playing a little bit, uh, and 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 watching the team. That's they they've always been a part of my life, and and you know, my family were were big basketball fans too, so they were happy to watch with me. Um, but but it's always been something that I've done. Oh, well, just to keep a level playing field. Uh... I'm going I'm to let you know some things about myself, all right? I've been podcasting uh, for about three months now. We just started okay. just a little while ago. But uh, as far as uh, starting things up, it's been fun. I've been enjoying it. As far as watching basketball, uh, you're, you're a little bit older than I am. I've been watching it for about eight years, uh, more seriously in the last four. And as far as who's been uh, – who just made me want to start watching basketball, I have to give it to two people. 
Um, I would say Kobe Bryant in my younger days, just because just just looking at ESPN highlights, just saying, oh wow, just the crazy shots that he was making in clutch moments. It was just really just awestruck. And as far as Derrick Rose as well, man, just the way he would just put his head under his shoulders and just run to the rim and just making these weird acrobatic shots and making them. It's like, wow, I just really just want to watch that guy. And But, you know, enough about me, and I appreciate you sharing. Well, let's go ahead and just do what we came here to do. Let's talk about some magic basketball. I'm always as, down to talk magic basketball. All right, all right. As far as what happened recently, we got to talk about what happened when it comes to the Orlando Magic's bout with the R. Oops, excuse me, the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, but before we get into that, there's some things I wanted to bring up for you, Philip. Uh, in every year since 2015, they've been really tit for tat, really back and forth when it comes to their matchup. Uh, from 2015 to 2017, they each had one game apiece. When it came to last year in that 18 19 season, Orlando took. The matchup two to zero, but uh, just looking into this first matchup with uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, they took the first one. Do you see them taking the next one? You know, it's 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 hard to say. You know, I think this Magic team is is still figuring themselves out. And you know, you mentioned the Magic, you know, being pretty even with the Lakers over the last you know five or six seasons, and a big reason for that, of course, is. Both the Magic and the Lakers weren't good teams. Um, you know, having LeBron James and and now Anthony Davis makes you certainly a much more formidable and challenging team. And well, I think the Magic are certainly capable of competing with any team on an individual night. Uh, it, you know, it's a lot tougher to beat teams with really good players. And and the Lakers are you know twenty two and three for a reason. They are not a bad team. They they were able to really make life difficult for the Magic, uh, especially early on in that game. Uh, and and I you know I'm, even if the Magic had played up to their potential in the in that first quarter, which you know we, we might want we might want to skip over. Um, but if the Magic <laughs> had played up to their potential in that first quarter, you know I, I still think the Lakers probably have a good chance of winning that game. Um, it, I, I think you know at this point the Magic and Lakers are probably competing for different things and different goals. And but the thing I will say about this Magic team is they they are pesky. They they are they're a fairly disciplined team defensively for the most part. Um, they are a difficult team to break down and, and a difficult team to beat handily. Um, you know, I think that they are a team that that always competes and always fights, and they find ways just kind of stay just close enough in the game that they can maybe get that big outburst from a Terrence Ross or an Evan Fournier or, or when Nikola Vucevic is back and Nikola Vucevic to keep themselves and give themselves a chance to win. And that's kind of the definition of a 500 team in some respects. And, and that's kind of what this magic team is. So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen when the magic play the Lakers in January. It's, you know, still pretty far off. A lot needs, a lot's going to happen for both teams. Um, but we'll, we'll see what they look like uh, when, when we get there. It's, it's certainly going to be an, an interest, an interesting battle. Cause I, I do think the magic presents some matchup problems for the Lakers that, that few teams can, can handle. Uh, you said some really good things right there, and I really want to uh, push this forward. Uh, when it comes to almost any NBA team, confidence is key. Uh, sometimes you see where, like you said, uh, when the Magic are a 500 team and the Lakers at top tier is the way they're playing right now. Uh, when it comes to the opponents you play night after night, uh, you can start to build some confidence. Uh, just looking at the schedule before their next matchup with the Lakers in January, uh, they have 
in the in the next five no in the uh the five before they faced at least two uh 500 teams i mean teams above 500 but then after that they have three they have the washington wizards phoenix suns and the sacramento kings uh when it comes to those three games i can see them really just trying to really build confidence and then when it comes to that uh second los angeles matchup i feel like they have something to prove in that game and probably just just take over and just keep that, you know, just tit for tat thing they have going on. So for a while, yeah, I mean, and 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 I think that this this Magic team will go up and down a little bit, um, you know, and and they will have moments where they look really really good and and, and can and again can play with anyone. I mean, uh, the, you know, you look at this stretch; they're coming off a four game win streak. They go to Milwaukee. They play Milwaukee, the best team in the East, and then they play the Lakers at home, the best team in the West. And and they were competitive with both teams. So you know, I'm you know the Magic play the Rocket. I don't know when this is airing, but the Magic will play the Rockets on Friday, December thirteenth. And you know, I feel fairly confident that this team's going to compete and have a chance to beat the Rockets with how they played overall in the previous two games against two very good teams. Um, it, it's, it, I, I always go back to, I mean, I know a lot of fans, you know, especially in today's day and age tend to be a little panicky and, and overreact to maybe individual results in some respects. But I, I keep going back to something that, that coach Steve Clifford says about this team and about his goals for this team. The goal for the team is to get better as the season progresses is to be better in February than you are in December, to be better in March than you are in February, to be, you know, to be peaking essentially to be playing your best basketball as the playoffs come around. And that, that's what really carried the team last year to the playoffs when they went 22-9 and nine over the course of the last three months, you know, two and a half months of the season to make the playoffs. And, you know, this Magic team, I suspect, will improve and will get better as the season goes on. So what this team looks like and how they play in January, I, I think could be very different than how they're looking today in December. So it'll be interesting. It's, it's obviously still a little ways away. Yeah, of course. Uh, but before we get ahead of ourselves, we got to talk about the matchup between the Lakers Wednesday night. Uh, sure. we'll do like a we'll do a quick cover through, and then we'll just talk about it. All right. Uh, in that okay. first Sounds half good. in the Lakers, uh, in that first half in the Lakers game, both teams really had uh, offenses that was really stagnant. But in the first, with the relief of the Lakers bench, they really uh, got a lead in the first when it came to the end of the quarter. It was twenty six and nine. Uh, what are some things uh, that you said? What are some things that the Magic could have done better? Oh, man. I, I mean, I think that first half, uh, first quarter especially, the Magic just, they, they, they made two mistakes that, that they absolutely cannot make and, and were very uncharacteristic of them. The first was they gave up, uh, I believe, seven offensive rebounds in the first quarter alone. And this is a team that, you know, again, offense is going to be hard for this Magic team. They don't have a superstar player for Wednesday's game against the Lakers specifically. They were without... Nikola Vucevic and Markel Fultz, two of their best offensive weapons. And so they were already behind the eight ball against a very high-powered offensive team. So when you give up second-chance opportunities, when you don't finish defensive possessions by getting the rebound, you ex- you're exposing yourself to, obviously, scoring opportunities for the Lakers. Um, uh, I think overall, the Magic played good defense on the first attack, but by getting beat on the glass, by you know allowing Anthony Davis to kind of slip in on the weak side or LeBron James to slip in on the weak side, and get those offensive rebounds, not getting those kind of 50-50 balls that, that might be on long rebounds. The Magic had to kind of reset themselves again defensively, and I think the way you beat this Magic team defensively is you got to catch them in transition or you got to catch them on those second-chance opportunities. And so, again, that's going to kind of lead me into my, la- my next point. The, big, the other big thing in that first quarter was Magic just turned the ball over so many times. Um, got the, Laker, the Lakers were able to get out in transition a little bit or at least get into secondary transition. 
And Orlando just did not have the offense to deal with the pressure that the Lakers were playing, were, were putting them under. And they were obviously making mistakes. They weren't just, they weren't moving the ball quick enough to the right guy to, to kind of break down that defense. So the Lakers pressure defense worked really perfectly in that first quarter. Once the magic settled down, once, once they kind of got a lay of the land, maybe the Lakers ran, eased off the, the throttle a little bit. Once that happened, Orlando was able to execute a little bit better and slowly climb their way back into the game. And again, they start hitting shots. They're able to get their defense set. Their, their defense is pretty good and pretty reliable to get stops. And they, they really focused on, on controlling the glass the rest of the game. And I think that's why the Magic were ultimately able to get back into that one. Uh, you said some really good things right there. Uh, definitely grabbing boards. The Magic got out-rebounded in that first half. Orlando had 27 to the Lakers, 31st, 31 in the first half. Uh, it really does take away your, uh, your option. And even second option, just trying to just make another play when it comes to the reset of the shot clock at 10, no, at 14 seconds. Or even just trying to just either tip it in or just make nothing out of something. Uh, but there wasn't, it wasn't all bad when it came to that first half. It was, we saw a bright spot in Mo Bamba. And that's, that's one, uh, this, that's one issue I'd like to pick with uh, when it comes to the rotations. I'm not sure if he has a minute restriction or anything like that. But I believe I believe he's still under a small minute restriction. It's not as bad as it was at the beginning of the season, but uh, I believe he's still playing under like a twenty minute minute restriction. I believe. Well, under that twenty minutes, he had eleven in just the second quarter, shooting eighty three percent from the field. Uh, but even with that bright spot and with a great second quarter for just him and the Magic, they really just couldn't get it done. Uh, Fifty one to thirty eight. Now. When it comes to the third quarter, man, oh, man, did the Magic really show that they, they could play at this type of tier when it comes to this team, all right? I, you know, even though efficiency was thrown at the window with Gordon in four years uh, shooting a combined 16 points, six from 32 of the field, they outscored the Lakers 27 to 18. And it was really chippy in that third really just climbing there. Lakers shoot a three. They get a little stagnant, but they get more confidence. Uh, and uh, when it comes to, uh, just like I said earlier, just building confidence, really just change the pace uh, when it comes to basketball. This, it's, a, it's a game of runs, and it really just showed. Uh, even in the top of the fourth with two minutes in, they tied it with 71. But when it comes to the Lakers, they really showed the magic and even the league that, hey, we're, we're here for a reason. We have this streak for a reason. They put him away in the fourth. LeBron did the same move about 14 times. Had Evan Fournier in the paint. Just took, just put a body on him, put pressure on him, just either just putting it up with the layup or kicking it out to the open guy. Uh, one, one thing that the Magic could improve on when it comes to holding a player that has the physicality that is LeBron James. Yeah, and, and, and I think, I mean, I think, you know, I think they struggled a lot with LeBron in the post, um, but, uh, you know, I, I still got to give Aaron Gordon a lot of credit. Um, I thought, for the most part, he defended LeBron about as well as you can individually. I thought he, he forced him into the mid-range jumpers and the fadeaway jumpers that you want. Got beat a few times in the post, but that's LeBron. He's, he's going to do that to you. Um, and, and I think, you know, that that moment you're talking about was a big moment. You're absolutely right. When the Magic were switching uh, Aaron Gordon off of LeBron and, 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 and the Lakers were really hunting that switch 
to, to get Evan Fournier in the post. And, and that was the easiest points that LeBron had all night whenever he was on Evan Fournier. And, you know, the Magic, the one advantage that they really do have against a team like L.A. is they have, a guy, they have two guys in Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac who can both defend both LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So you take away that pick and roll option because they can just switch it. And the Magic are pretty comfortable with Isaac guarding LeBron, Isaac guarding Davis, or Gordon guarding LeBron, Gordon guarding Davis. And in that moment specifically, you're absolutely right. The Lakers really targeted that switch because the Magic were switching that. And Evan Fournier just, you know, I think he's a decent defender, but he's not a defender that should be on LeBron James in the post. And it was game over. Uh, you know, you can't double off those shooters, and, and the Lakers were able to take advantage. And that, and that was a big moment in the game. Uh, well said, well said. Uh, when it comes to the takeaways of the game, I really want to start off with this Dwight versus uh, Orlando players. He had he had a plight with him, and it was so great that rhymed. Uh, it was after a uh, a defensive call where Dwight was trying to put it into the basket, got fouled by Mo Bamba. There was a little pushing, a little shoving. Uh, one could say that it was just because uh, it was a ticky tack foul. There was, uh, but. Others could say it was a little, uh, oh, what's the word, tension when it comes to Dwight and even his uh, tenure with the Orlando Magic. Is there really just tension still fuming when it comes to this matchup between Dwight and the Magic? Yeah, I, I think there is still a, a little bit of tension when it comes to Dwight Howard and the Orlando Magic, and Orlando Magic fans more than anything else, because most of the players have, have obviously moved on, and so there's no one left from that era on, on the team. But I think there's definitely still a little bit of tension. I mean, even if you, even if you note that, yes, Dwight Howard will be in the Magic Hall of Fame someday or, or, or talk about Dwight Howard's legacy, there are still a lot of fans who react negatively. I mean, I think you heard it if you watched the game. Fans were still booing Dwight Howard pretty loudly. I mean, you could certainly hear it on the TV through the TV screen uh, as well. And, you know, I, I think it's unfortunate. I've kind of moved on. You know, I, I'd rather remember Howard for the eight great years that he had in Orlando rather than the, the one, you know, kind of weird bad year that he had with, with the team and his relationship with the team. But um, I, I, I think that there's still a little bit of bad blood. And, and some of it's probably because the Magic haven't gotten back to that level. I mean, I think to some extent... Um, Magic fans didn't really forgive Shaq completely until the Magic got Dwight Howard and got back to the finals. So, you know, it might just be something that lingers a little bit. But, you know, ultimately, I, I do think fans will welcome him back and, and remember the good times over the bad times. It's just we're not there yet. Um, there's still a lot of there's still a lot of raw memories because, you know, Dwight was, you know, Dwight was really, really good and, and you know, really seemed to embrace Orlando and then just kind of left very suddenly. Now, when it comes to rebounds and out of this entire game, we can even look and match up between each team's season uh, with the Magic being 13 and rebounding in the league and the Lakers being 15th. Is there a surprise that the Lakers out-rebounded the Magic? Um, you know, I, I think with the, with the Magic, the biggest issue rebounding-wise is is they're missing their best rebounder. Um, you know, you know, Ken Birch is a fine player, but he's not really a starting center, and he's kind of proven that with with some of his struggles throughout the the ten games that he started since Nikola Vucevic went out. Nikola Vucevic is the team's leading rebounder. He's up around 12, 13 rebounds per game. He's got like a thirty percent defensive rebound rate, which means you know three out of every ten re defensive rebounds that he's in the game are his. It's a very high rate, um, and the Magic, you know, are missing that. They're missing kind of their, essentially their best player um, and certainly their best rebounder. And so, 
you know, I, I think that that is a a big thing for this Magic team right now, and a big weakness of theirs, obviously, that that we saw play out in that first quarter. Yeah, even when it comes to the Magic schedule, just seeing all the teams that they've faced, they've had some they had some games where they they played some really higher tier teams and took advantage of the ones who were in under five hundred basketball. Uh, I'm not really surprised when it comes to. Uh, they're rebounding just because, like you said, Vucevic is out. He'll, he'll be returning. I'm pretty sure it's either in today's game or in the game uh, soon to come. Uh, when it comes to the Lakers, they have some really talented centers when it comes to Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard. You can even throw JaVel McGee in that conversation. Um, and especially when it came to that game, it was it was more uh, aggressive. It was it was more of the Lakers being aggressive grabbing rebounds than the Magic just not grabbing rebounds at all. Uh, what do you have, what do you have to say to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was some of it. I mean, I, I think I think some of it is you know the Magic had some struggles defending the initial attack, so you know you'd have plays where the center where the big had to come and help and 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 defend the rim a little bit, and that exposed you know the weak side guy. You know whether it was LeBron on the on the dunker spot or Anthony Davis on the dunker spot. Um, you know, expose them a little bit to those offensive rebounds because a weak side guard wasn't able to crash in in time. Um, so, you know, I think there was a little bit of that. It was just kind of how the game played out. And, and obviously the Magic did a better job of it as the game went on. So, you know, I, I think the Orlando did figure it out a little bit. And, you know, Orlando was a little reckless going for offensive rebounds too, and that enabled the Lakers to get out in transition. And, you know, again, when the Magic stopped doing that, things started, you know, working better for Orlando. So, you know, Steph... Rebounding has been something that that Coach Clifford has been banging on all year. He hasn't been happy with the rebounding all season long, despite the Magic being a, a relatively good rebounding team. He hasn't been happy with the physicality. He hasn't been happy with the rebounding. So he's really trying to push this team to kind of get you know kind of further along to a playoff level uh, sooner rather than later. We're going to pivot uh, to what you said earlier about uh, just as uh, Coach Clifford told this team, he wants this team to progress month to month so that way they won't be the same team as they were in November and that way it can be a better team in January. Uh when it comes to the Magic's December, they've been pretty good. Uh you can speak towards their competition of play or you can speak to their strength of scheduling, but they've been really showing and they really just had a, a great start to the month of December. Uh before we even look at their December, we should probably look to their past in their October, November. Uh, in October, they only had four games, split it even, two wins, two losses. November, they had a, an abysmal month. They had five wins, nine losses. Out of those 14 games, when it comes to, like you said, the win streak they had in the beginning of the month and then the back-to-back losses, uh, is, is this something that this Magic team can ascend, or do you see this team really spiraling when it comes to the end of December? You know, I, I, I do think the Magic are on the bit of an upswing. Um, you know, obviously kind of mixed in there, you know, at, toward the end of November, the Magic lost Nikola Vucevic to an injury. And, and I think there was a little bit of time after that injury where they were shaky. They, they, they didn't quite know how they wanted to, how they needed to play. They were still trying to figure out how to operate without Vucevic. And he had to do that on the fly. I mean, when you take out the best player on a team for an extended period of time, it takes a little while to figure out exactly how you need to play for new guys to step up and 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 kind of embrace their roles and kind of expand their roles a little bit. You're going to have a little bit of inconsistency, but you know, oh, you know, yes, they were playing some very weak opponents, but 
I really think the Magic found their footing. And I mean, even, you know, if, if you could find moral victories here. Even playing the Milwaukee Bucks close, even playing the Los Angeles Lakers close, the Magic have started to find their footing a little bit. And now you're going to add Nikola Vucevic back into the lineup either Friday against Houston or, or possibly, you know, if not then, Sunday against New Orleans. You're going to add your best player back to the lineup. I do think it's going to help because all these players have a little bit more confidence to do a little bit more. They're going to ease that burden off Vucevic and, and create more scoring opportunities for Vucevic too, you know, kind of playing off him and, and, and playing the way that they were playing to set him up a little bit. So, you know, I do think the Magic, you know, they, they haven't gone off to the start that they thought they were going to get off to. I think they I think they were a little frustrated with that. They had some, some nagging injuries in training camp that kind of slowed them down too. But even going back before that, if you go back to before Nikola Vucevic's injury, the Magic were on a three-game win streak. They were playing really, really well. They, they'd beaten Philadelphia, which, is, which was a big win for them. Heading into that Toronto game, I, I think they had a lot of confidence, and then the injury happened, and you know the air rushed out of the balloon a little bit. They have a little bit of confidence now. I think they're playing a lot more state, you know, with a lot more stability. And you add back in Vucevic, I do think this team is going to going to take off. The schedule's not easy, and 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 they knew December and January were going to be very very difficult. And really, the goal is just stay in the playoff race, stay in touch with the playoff race, and then make your run around the All Star break. You know, after you get back from that second West Coast road trip. I do think that this team is starting to figure itself out. It's, it might take some time to adjust to bringing Vucevic back in, but once he gets rolling again, this is a really dangerous team. This is a really capable team. This, this is a playoff-level team, and so I expect the Magic to kind of pick up some steam here coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, when it comes to them having a caliber play of a playoff team, they like you said, they play some really good, significant teams. Uh, when it comes to their next six, as far as Houston – Utah and Denver, do you see this team really uh, just make it a jump for it when it comes to their standings? And as far as their next six, how many how many games do you see them winning? Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be the, the big question here. You know, I, I think that, you know, fortunately for them, they are in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, going 500 is making progress in the East. You know, I, I, you know, I think, I think uh, that's the kind of how it is. I mean, there's not really a lot of teams that I think are going to make – serious run so long as the Magic kind of make their run and make their push to secure their spot in, in the playoffs. Um, you know, I think the Ma- not that the Magic should be in cruise control at all. They, they, def- they definitely shouldn't be. But I, I think the Magic are certainly capable of kind of taking hold of that eighth spot and, and being in that battle with Detroit perhaps for the eighth spot and maybe making push to get to seven or six with, with how the East is shaking out. But, um, you know, Orlando's got a tough go of it here. I mean, this, ro- this West, Coast ro- West Coast road trips are always difficult. This one is a bit difficult too. I mean, you know, you got you got to go to Denver, which is tough. Portland's playing better. Utah is certainly potentially a very good team. You know, New Orleans on a Sunday afternoon is always a little bit of a trap. Um, you know, I am confident about Houston, but it's still Houston. They're, they're, they're all very good, very capable teams. You know, New Orleans is really the only team that I think they have coming up. You know, they play, I believe they play Chicago when they get back from that West Coast trip. So, you know, New Orleans and Chicago should be wins, but you know, that, that first game back from West Coast Strip is always tricky, too. Um, and, and New Orleans, again, you, you really can't count on anything. You know, if the Magic could go 4-2 and two on this on on the six-game stretch, I think that would be un- incredible. If they end up going 3-3, three and three, I think that would be considered a minor victory with some home games to end the, end the calendar year to kind of build back some confidence. You know, I, I, I think that Orlando is certainly capable of, of beating any team that they have coming up on their schedule, including Houston. Um, I, I think that they are certainly capable of winning a lot of these games. Will they do so? Especially reintegrating Nikola Vucevic, it's going to be tough. They've had some struggles on the road. They've had a lot of struggles playing 
win teams with winning records. That Philadelphia win in November is their only win right now against a team with a winning record. So the Magic have got to prove that they can play at a high level against quality opponents, and, and they haven't quite done that yet. And so this next two weeks, two, three weeks, is going to be a huge test for them. Yeah, when it comes to the uh, addition back into the rotation for Nikolai and adding Marco Fultz back into it, um, just looking at these next uh, few games, you can really see how they could be really tough. Uh, just looking at that Houston match- matchup, uh, Orlando is a—I'd say they're a—they're—they're they're really good on defense, but like you said earlier, they're not really uh, really high when it comes to offense. They don't really have that. Not necessarily to say natural score, but they don't have somebody that'll just step up and leave. Like, all right, guys, we got to find a way just to put the put the hoop in the basket. Just keep it simple as possible. Uh, when it comes to Houston, uh, I would say defense isn't really a factor. You can even hold and try to double Harden, or really try to hold Westbrook under fifteen. But when it comes to that Houston team, they really showed that uh, defense isn't really just on their mind. They're gonna outscore you, and I'd say that's how. Uh, I can see Houston winning that first one. When it comes to the Pelicans, uh, that's that's one of those games where it's a 50-50 one. They're not going to really just let you uh, walk in the building and take it from you. You're going to have to uh, battle it out. Uh, I would, uh, I'm would. i not sure on that one. Utah, that's a really tough team. They have a great integration when it comes to Mike Conley and how they blend in with uh, the, the former defensive player of the year. It's, I, I feel like there's something to see. Uh, Denver, I would have to just give Denver that when they're playing at a high level. Well, now, when it comes to Portland and Chicago, you got to take advantage of uh, this part of the schedule, especially when it's under 500 teams. Um, when it comes to those, you really shouldn't, like you said, let the Magic be on cruise control. You'd have to look at it like they're a top-tier team because if you don't give them the respect, they're going to run with it and take the game away. For sure. And I mean, this. Uh, Steve Clifford really said it best after the game against the Lakers. This team is not good enough to just show up and win. Uh, certainly against elite teams, they, they can't have too many breakdowns. You know, against a team like Cleveland, who the Magic played last week, or Washington, which, which they played twice in the last couple of weeks, you can, you know, maybe have some moments where you're shaky and, and still be okay. Um, the teams that the Magic are playing, and New Orleans is probably the only team I would say that, that they could probably get away with being shaky for a whole quarter like they've been recently. Um, the teams that they've got coming up on their schedule, they've got to be on point for the majority of the game, if not the entire game, if they want to get these wins, especially on the road. Denver, Utah, Portland are notoriously difficult places to play. This is, this is, a, this is a big moment in the Magic season. Um, you know, they got to they find a way to scratch out wins and, and keep kind of pushing forward and, and building some momentum. And, you know, so far this season, it feels like every time they started building, building momentum, something's happened to knock them down. So they got to start picking up wins, building momentum, and really solidifying their spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we're going to close this podcast off with some really quick questions. Uh, let's try to keep it under at least two minutes, all right? Okay, sounds good. All right, as the first one is as far as bringing Nikolai Vucevic back into this rotation. Um, do you see anybody on this team having all-star potential? Uh, you know, if, if Vucevic can ramp back up and, and, you know, score 30 points per game, you know, he certainly could be an all-star. I think his start to the season was, was far too slow to do that. Um, Evan Fournier has played really fantastic, especially since Vucevic went out. If I were to push someone for the Magic to be an all-star, it would be Evan Fournier. But, you know, I think with the Magic being slightly below 500, 
you know, being eighth in the East, it's going to be tough for them to get get an all-star. I haven't really broken down who would get in at this point, but, um, you know, the Magic just haven't played consistently enough to really say, like, oh, that guy is an all-star. I mean, you know, maybe you could get away with Jonathan Isaac's defense being enough to get him in, but um, this scoring isn't there yet to, to, to warrant uh, all-star consideration quite yet. Yeah, of course. Even with last year, it kind of surprised me when they threw Vucevic in there as an all-star uh ballot player I was really confused I'm like, oh that was just kind of out of nowhere and then I kind of dig deep into his numbers and I kind of understood but not really all the way where like you say you just love him it's like oh yeah that's definitely an all-star second question with Magic being excellent in defense second in blocks in the NBA who on this team can step up and give him a boost in scoring could it be Evan Fournier where he had a great game probably averaging around 20 points could you see Terrence Ross even making a bigger jump. They just paid him. That was a contract year. Yes, a contract year last year, and they paid him. Could it be Gordon, who really just elevated his game when it came to just not being uh, just that mid-range dunker type of player, really elevating shooting threes? Who's who's on that team that can just give them a, a bigger boost than what they have been having? The guy that they need to give them a little bit more offensively is Aaron Gordon, without a doubt. Um, you know, Gordon's scoring average is down to thirteen. He was around sixteen last year. Um, they, they need him to just be more efficient with the ball. Um, when, when he, when he gets the ball and scoring opportunities, that means the ball is moving and finding him and he's scoring off cuts and, and on quick moves to the basket. If he's, you know, if you watch the magic and Gordon's just, you know, kind of going around trying to ISO guys and dribble guys, that means the offense isn't working. So Gordon's got to be very, uh, very efficient. He's got to be more precise with his, with his decision-making, uh, and, and, you know, he's just got to be getting out and run, run and find holes in the defense to cut into and get the ball and finish at the rim. I mean, he just, he just hasn't lived up to the potential that I think we all saw on him uh, and hasn't lived up to, I think, the expectation that this team needed to get to that next level, which was for him to become the all-star. Um, his defense has been fantastic, but his offense just hasn't followed so far this year. And lastly, when it comes to this team, they have a lot of young players. And add best into it, they have like a really good core, and it's fun to watch at times. But as far as the end of this season, what is the ceiling for this team? No, I, I think this this team has the ceiling at least this year to be a team that gets to the you know gets to the six seed. You know, maybe can flirt with getting to the five seed and and be like a really interesting and tough out in the first round. Um, I, I don't see this team ready or, or developed enough to get out of the first round yet that their offense is just too inconsistent. They they really struggle to score. And, and you know, we saw this in the playoffs last year with this team. It, they just they just don't have enough offensive creators. You know, maybe Markel Fultz helps them out a little bit with that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm shooting this year as essentially his rookie year, so I'm not – I don't, you know, count on rookies for much. Um, but – uh, overall, I think this Magic team is a solid playoff team. I think that they they will they will be in the field, or they will at least be in the competition to be in the field all year long. Their defense is really solid. They've got a good foundation there. The next step for this group is to find some offense, whether it's currently on the roster or whether it's going out and making a trade in the summer or even at the deadline. They got to find more shooting. They got to find easier ways to score. And and right now, that that's kind of the thing that's holding them back. All right, Philip. Thank you for joining the Three Part Podcast. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug before we go? Yeah. Uh, other other than just you know checking out all my all my work, you can find my work at orlandomagicdaily.com, as well as on the Locked On Magic Podcast wherever you download podcasts. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Three Part Podcast. 
You can follow us all on social media, and you can download each and every episode on all streaming platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you in the next one.